Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to this week's episode of The Neuro Show. In today's episode, we select our best bikes of 2023. The Envy Melee shocks us all and enters the Pro Peloton next year. What do we think? And a long overdue cycling YouTube recap. We go through what's hot and what's not. All right, let's get into it. No pre-show banter this week. This is a subject that, well, actually, I'd been thinking about for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. We wanted to choose... Our bike of the year. Yay. <laughs> Did you see actually on Giants website, they'll put they have a bike radar sticker. Mm. If it get if bike radar gives them an award, mm. they put the bike radar sticker on it. Yep. So we let's just give out some awards and see if people start putting Nero Show <laughs> sticker. I mean, that means absolutely nothing. What bike radar gave it what five out of five. So we put a sticker on. Well, why don't we get a near where's the Nero Show sticker? Approved. That's assuming we're willing to to hand these things out. I mean, well, licensing fees, licensing apply, fees, yeah, etc. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can send some emails out, get some connections. I just love. It's like you just made an award. <laughs> it's like it's been tested. It's just bike radar approved. Okay, slap. It was giant, wasn't it? It was on their Defy, the SL zero model, not the SL one. You're not. It's not bike radar approved. The SL0 is bike radar approved. And then you click in, it just says bike radar at the logo. It just for some reason, it says bike radar. So weird. I don't know what. The fast, flighty flagship Defy is pure road bike heaven. 4.5 out of 5 stars. That's, and so, yeah. But Giant, that's on Giant's global website. Look at you getting all, getting all worked up about legacy media things. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you over there. No, it is. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to turn the our little bike of the year chat into some whinge about marketing, but that's that's just total book marketing. Like it's pretend. <laughs> it's not like it's tested yeah. fastest it's, it's, or tested whatever criteria. It's just <laughs> some random reviewer somewhere has said something about it and therefore you're going to plaster that on it. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, interesting. Oh, it's got some authority. So are there any, are there any criteria for the, for the Nero Show bike of the year? Because Yeah, are we just going to pick our, we're just going to pick our bike of the year? Because so, cycling, uh, cycling weekly, cycling weekly did it, and th- these two picked um, the SL8 because it just it holds its speed and it's <laughs> it's so stiff you don't even notice it. So uh, those are quotes, by the way. If you point it in the right direction, <laughs> it goes there. It, it, yeah. it just so you point it downhill, point and it, it basically turns itself. Turns itself down there. Mate. So you actually you sent this to me. I said, well, Chris, all right, like, we can just point fingers, but. Well, what would be your bike of the year? Why? So let's let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's try and come up with our 2023 bike of the year. And I did say it didn't necessarily need to be released this year. It's, I'm interested how you're going to take this because there's a few angles. You probably know the angle I'm going to take. Okay. Well, let me, let me go. So, yeah, there were – oh, man, I've been thinking a lot about this. So the, the easy way to go initially and one sort of obvious one was, okay, well, the pro Peloton-y type thing – and there's only one option there, like the one that won everything. Clearly, the, the S5, if you're if you're in that world, that's the bike of the year. It's a no-brainer to win three Grand Tours on that. That'll probably never happen again, right? So, But it's not my bike of the year, even though I am kind of slightly in that world. The other one, and you, you'll probably crack the shits at me a little bit, that I was close to selecting is actually that bike, like that Coco bike. It did absolutely everything I wanted it to do. And every time I stepped away from it and thought more about it, I'm like, well, they've also reduced the prices on it this year. It leans towards a more a, a endurance geometry when it's actually an aero bike. And anything I asked it to do, specifically when I was away, it did it. And I was bloody happy on it. So that would have been an option. 
and it's the bike I experienced the most. The bike I ended up choosing was the Merida Sculpture 9000. Okay. Well, what's wrong with this bike? And that that ultimately was was one of the things. And okay, what what's wrong with this bike is it's not cool, and we've just tanked <laughs> tanked our American audience because it's not available in America. That's the two issues with it, right? Now the not cool one, because all the all the affordability, rideability rubbish is fact. Whatever, that's that's all there. But it isn't the coolest bike. Walked into a bike shop, walked into Edwin's bike shop this week, and I saw it dressed up with the most ridiculous. The most ridiculous stuff on it, like pure lightweight handlebar and stem, that EXS stuff, those bike head wheels on it. And I was like, holy crap, that looks amazing. And it was essentially a Merida. And so here's a guy who's dressed up his bike to make it look the most bling, ridiculous thing you've ever seen. And at the core of it, it's a relatively affordable Merida Sculptura. I would happily ride this bike. Can I give one more shout out? One more mention? Yeah, there's, sure. There's sure. another. There's okay. another category that I wanted to mention, which was like the the unattainable, the purely unattainable, and that BMC Road Machine R. The things, yeah, I, I would do to try and get my hands <laughs> on that bike would be a bit ridiculous. And I do think it's different. I do think it's pretty unique, and I do believe the hype on it. I actually do think they've spent some time in the R&D department on that. Okay. Now, you, you, you've picked the Merida Sculptura, the 9000 in particular. Is there something specific in this spec for this price point you thought was particularly interesting or just as a package you thought it was a pretty good? In Australia, $8,500, a power meter, carbon wheels, and a really top-end carbon frame with aero shapings, integrated bar and stem, like, yeah. Really nice. So they've gone away from the Vision integrated bar stem. They're running their own looking one. And that paint job, I know like on the internet it looks crap, but there's like a, there is a sparkle to it in real life. Like it's it's a really gloss finish on it. You know, you sit here and you compare it to the stuff that Focus launched during the week, you know, uh, it doesn't, doesn't get me – that excited. The only thing I will say, maybe this is a conversation for a different time, but like what 99 bikes are doing, which is just absolutely pumping these out and you could argue killing off. Like what is the comp for this bike? What is what is the actual comparison for this bike? Is it a Cervelo Caledonia? No. Not really. No. Is it a is it a Defy? Probably a Defy. Um, it's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult one to find. So I, I went a bit of a different route. So to pick my bike of the year, I started at the top. So what would be my cream of the crop pick, which I also would say would be the BMC team machine R coming in at, in a full build, it's going to be low sevens and an SL8 with pedals is going to be high sixes. So you're within a couple of hundred grams, and I know you can't see aero, but it looks way more aero. So we're gonna we're gonna assume it's faster. So that was my cream of the crop. But then I'm not giving it bike of the year because you then step down and you go, okay, well it's twenty plus thousand Aussie. I'm sure we can get a better get a better value in similar performance. So I went down the giant route, had a look at the giants. They came close, but the stock handlebars are too wide. They've got the hookless wheels, which isn't necessarily a problem. It's just added complexity, and I wouldn't spec hookless wheels on a bike of the year. So Giant Propel was getting me close. The the new Defy as well was getting me close. But again, the Giant Defy, it's basically a, a climbing bike with a more upright geometry. It's kind of – it's not doing anything special. It's a fine bike, but – it's not amazing. So I ended up bike of the year. I think the Canyon Aeroad CF SLX with ETAP rival would be my bike of the year. Let me sell it to you. Canyon Aeroad frame. Now this wouldn't necessarily be my pick. I'm giving the mark what the market wants, what the people want, not necessarily my Sim- personal similar pick. Similar to my yeah. uh, where I landed. Yeah. yeah. So it's aero. Everyone wants aero. It's this one comes with the adjustable bars. Mm-hmm. So you can get yourself nice and narrow without having to change the bars out at Get them down to 39 width, which is nice. 
60 mil DT Swiss wheels, again, GP5000 tires, awesome. Comes with a power meter, tram rival, and it's $7,600. So you could get three of these for the price of one BMC T-Machine R, and it's going to be, it'll be about a kilo heavier. Stick it in a wind tunnel. It'll be within a couple of watts. I, I can't think of a better bike than, yeah, the Aeroad CFS LX7. And it, it's availability as well. Like, I know this goes against probably what most people stress about, like local bike shops and all that kind of thing, but I'm sorry, we're in an age where just to log on, I know this, yeah, whatever, but just to log on and go put it in the cart, yep, credit card details, done. Six weeks later, it turns up at your front door. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I, I hate going to shops. And, okay, I do know a few people at bike shops, but generally I hate going to bike shops. And just the whole, like, selling of all that kind of stuff. Imagine going into a bike shop wanting a Team Machine R. Like, that whole, that whole what's, how's that conversation go with your local dealer? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to just, lob 30 grand here do we uh can i get can some we? extra gels like i just i don't know i just find that that whole thing would be so awkward and if you're if you're going down that route to have just been invisible and online would be kind of nice and if it's an imp sorry this is a whole other angle but like as an impulse purchase it's so much more impulsible as just like you know what than having to trudge in and face someone and Hand them money. Mm, and then, yeah, kick the tyres with yeah. them and then they're going to indulge uh, you. Oh. Do you ride much? Uh, no, but I'm spending 30 cray, yeah. But Canyon also run their site well, which is also why, like, you you bring up the Aero CF SLX7 and it says the weight. Yep. 8.34 kilos. You go on Giant's website it's like, we'll check you the thing. I'm like, the weight of the bike, is that, how is that changing? Mm. Just weigh it as you sell it and put it on the site. Don't say, I'll go elsewhere to find it. It's just annoying. So just the Canyon side is great. I just, again, I just, this is going to be the same speed as an SL8, about 1.3 kilos heavier, but it's got 60 mil deep wheels. It's bike of the year. Would you say that it's been a good year for bikes? Okay, we are probably talking about launches this year then. Are you, would you say it's been a, a good year for that? Not particularly. I mean, even in this air, if I'm just looking at this air road, this came out a couple of years ago and then it had the issues with the seat post and the issue with the handlebars, which they've, they've now sorted out by looks of things. So it just looks – to me, a lot of the bikes was just dealing with, these, with, with teething problems that they had over the last two or three years. Um, no, that's why I didn't. I, w- I would have picked a top end bike if I thought they were going to be significantly outperforming, but I just don't see that at the, the top level. That's but that's not necessarily a problem. With the, there's only so fast a bike can go. We're kind of hitting the, the limits of that anyway. I kind of agree with you. I, I do feel like the move to the the one bike to rule it all is kind of boring from my perspective. Um, you know, there's just not a lot of different exciting shapes happening. That was probably one of the reasons I got sort of excited about the BMC thing. I do wonder why no one's copied the S5. I suppose the Bianchi has a little bit. Bianchi has the Ultra. Yeah. I don't know. I just objectively, it well, sorry, subjectively, it does seem to be something in it, like potentially, but no one seems to copy it. But they're the... The, all, the most of the top aero bikes are all a similar speed, mm. um, drag wise. It's not you're kind of splitting hairs between them now, anyway. So don't, um, you'd be just copying it from a visual from a visual sense. Yeah, like, basically, like Canyon's not going to completely redesign their frame just to look like a Cervelo, no. but it's about similar speed. I do think the endurance bike category maybe had a little ramp up this year, like got a little bit more roady pushed away a bit from just being another gravel bike. Um, there's, there's, there's something there that was certainly a 
a route that was well that that endurance bike that whole category was was getting very muddied so potentially there's been a bit of movement there it was a close second that giant defy the top uh the second level one which which is the top of the line frame it's the there a super super duper weave layup with a power meter it's under 7.5 kilos geometry that suits more people and it's nine and a half thousand Aussie no no gimmicks wide tire clearance but it's but it's you, you know can you give that bike of the year when everyone wants aero not really so they are hard as we've said multiple times those you know, it can be a good bike but it's not really winning awards or getting much froth. I still find the specs interesting. That's the Defy Advanced SL1. That's the one with Altega group set and the giant, the SL, the, the, the giant's regular wheels, not the KDEX wheels. So, but if you go into the giant Defy Advanced SL, the one I'm talking about there is nine and a half. Their top of the line one, it's the same frame, is 14,000. So you're paying four and a half grand to go from Shimano Altega to SRAM Red. And to go from giant stock carbon wheels, which are already pretty competitive, fourteen hundred and fifty grams, to Kdex ones, which are which are thirteen hundred. So you're saving one hundred and fifty grams on the wheel set. Going from Altegra to Shram Red, neither here nor there, and you're paying mm. four and a half grand. Um, that's why that Defy Advanced SO one in particular was my second spot of bike in the year because you buy that. The stock wheels are pretty good. Buy a set of set a set of you know wind space 50s or 60s and you can run that on your club rides at your highest speed and i think that's that's a good setup so, you, so what to, were you saying the difference in price was between the the two was four and a half grand difference going from altegra to altegra di2 to shram red interesting. and you're going from already good giant wheels to the kdex wheels which only save 150 grams mm. yeah four and a half grand uh, but the the that top one is uh bike radar approved so <laughs> It's got that going for it. There doesn't seem to be much consistency in, you know, I notice a lot more brands now starting to offer like the full packages and full builds of different group sets. And the difference between what a build might be with the different group sets, there, there's there's no consistency across. It's like, so what I'm trying to say is like, obviously SRAM, Charge, Canyon are different price than they charge Giant for whatever their stock is. And that shows up every time you you kind of look at these. So what what might have been a an affordable SRAM build in the Canyon world becomes a completely unaffordable 100%. build. Hundred percent. I was getting a headache going back and forth between the specs because you, especially yeah, exactly as you say, between brands, one brand, the SRAM Force build is the value one, and then another brand, the SRAM Force is the upper level one. It's two grand more than the Altegra, and it just it gives you a headache going through them. You really. You got all your tabs open. You kind of have to. If you're in the market for a new bike, you got to have spreadsheets, specs, wheels. It, it's really complex. Hundred percent. And but well, I don't know. Just like the quick browse through the Merida stuff on N9 bikes, it looks like it's the other way. So the other way around that the Shimano is more affordable than the SRAM stuff. Actually, that's the same. But yeah, you know what I mean. But is, yeah, but they'll it'll be same frame. Same tier group set for Altegra, and then one will have better wheels for some reason. So, uh, it, yeah, it's really um, tricky to get that. I right. reckon if you dived into that, like if you really deep dive into it, it'll just purely come down to who knows who, like whoever the the SRAM rep is who deals with Giant, like hardballs them a bit more, doesn't have as good a relationship, but the, the Giant guy's more matesy with the the Shimano guy and it just, it totally, when it, the, the bike industry is just all that stuff. Like just, oh yeah, we'll sort you out. Don't you worry about that. And it's probably even at that kind of top tier level. Yeah. Well, you got to be careful. Like you could get a, a bit of a dud deal if mm. you're not really looking that close and you're like, oh, that's a good value. And then you actually look at the specs and you go, oh crap, I should have got the other one. You got to do your due diligence. All right, so that's our bikes of the year, Jesse. So I've gone with the Merida Sculpture 9000, and you have selected the Aeroad CF SLX7 ETAP. And if either of those brands would like the sticker, please reach out. We will uh, <laughs> offer you licensing agreements. I'll make one on Canva, we'll send it through, <laughs> PDF. <laughs> All right, let us know your bikes of the year, guys. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Two quick pro team bike Maneuvers, yes, uh, that have occurred. Obviously, one that we chatted to, I chatted with two with Edwin last week. Have you had any any thoughts on that one yourself? That you wanted to add on on the on the van Rizzle. on the van? Um, not really. It's good for the brand. The bike looks fine. Not much to add, really. The only the only oh, we're not going to get me start picking through Edwin's episode. <laughs> are we? I had a list of stuff. I was I would have loved to have been there. Well, maybe we'll, we'll get him back, back on. I'd love to 100%. just. Clash. I was going to say Clash Swords. That sounds really wrong. I'd love to just go back and forth with him on uh, on on things, but um, no. I, I, yeah, with, with the chat about the Van Rizzle, yeah, it was all it was all fair. But the, the, that that kit, what they've done with the oh, the AGTI with the Decathlon, so forgettable. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, they basically took looked like they took the template of last year's Citron one and just slapped Decathlon over it. But the problem is, there's way more letters. So now it just looks like this sort of alphabet. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to turn this into a pro team kit. Oh, kit update. chat. Save that. Um, yeah. But the other one that popped up this week, and this legitimately, I, I did a, I did a, whoa. That was, that was my reaction. As whoa did I. Mm-hmm. To this one. Total Energy's potentially the most forgettable World Tour team have announced they'll be riding Envy Melees in 20. 24. Wow. Almost 12 months on from Chris Miller declaring the Envy Melee dead. It is now oh, in the world tour. Oh, that's not fair. We, we gave it a bit of hype for what it, for what it was. Oh, maybe you did. I'm pretty sure I said it was. Okay. I'll have to go back. Okay. Well, I said it for, for, what, it, for what it is, up, more upright geometry, comfortable. I thought it was. I didn't have an issue with the bike. I just thought it was, it came out with hype. Like, oh my God, Envy are releasing a bike. And because, you know, Envy, whoa. And then it was three months later. So what? Oh, I was dead in the water. It was dead yeah, in the water. Yeah, yeah. From a from a sales yeah. sort of froth point of view. Yeah, I get you. I'm with you. Yep. This and may re reinvigorate. This well, here we go. So so, what do you think? Is this why Sagan left? Do you think or this is um, this has got to be the worst world tour bike in my living memory. Can you say that again properly for uh, for the real purposes? Because that would clearly be it. But go on. The Envy Malay is the worst weld to a bike I've seen in living memory. Perfect. Yeah, that'll 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 get the Instagram crowd. Mm. But the Instagram reel will end there. Let me explain. It's just not designed to do that. Just from the geometry alone, it's way too upright. You'll probably have, having sort of run teams and stuff before, there will be a third of the team that this fits okay. There's going to be two thirds, the remaining two thirds that are going to be on negative 17s with 140 stems. Envy sponsor them. Then they're going to have to do prototype stems in dimensions that average person is never going to use because just the geometry of that frame is just not, it's just not right. It's just all kinds of wrong. And I can't think of a brand with a world to a team that has done this besides the 3T Strata back at the Aqua Blue days, they went well to her. Uh, that is similar deal. But this is not – it's a good bike for a punter. This is not a world tour bike. It should not be in the world tour. You hit the nail on the head. Shorter guys, me and me and down, will kind of get away with it almost. But a little bit above us and up around your spec. I mean, Lee Phillips on this bike would have been hilarious. He would have had some proprietary negative 
84 degree stem on it. Like you're right, the, the dimensions don't make sense for a professional cyclist, unfortunately. And and it's it just <sighs> seems like an odd fit too because I read the um, GCN article about it. Look, the wheels are well to a quality, absolutely. The handlebars are well to a quality, absolutely. But then it was sort of in October, we were in discussions with their engineers at the team headquarters and our technicians and riders were impressed by the responsiveness of Envy. In October? Mm. That's yeah, two wow. months ago. I know. Like, it sounds like they've just been scrambling. Oh, crap, we need bikes to ride. Oh, Envy, okay, we'll partner with Envy. Oh, okay, they won't really be suited for them. Don't worry. Do they have a time trial bike? No, they can just run their old specialized time trial bikes because mm. Envy don't make one. It really seems like an absolute scramble. This is proper NRS team yeah, 2017. This, like, this, geez, what are we doing next year? I don't know, boys. Just same stuff from last year. Two-year like, deal, 2024, 2025. What's the deal, though? Do you think the de- – this has got to be close to the – it's got to flip, I reckon. This has got to be close to the team paying the paying – the, oh, but maybe because the – No, I th- uh, personally, I think this is fantastic for Envy to have their products the top end of the sport – I think it's really good for me. I just don't think it's particularly good for the team. I just don't think that bike's suited to the most no, of the races they point, want to actually. do. Yeah, I was looking at it the other way around, but when you say it like that, it probably does, you know, okay, they're not going to win Grand Tours on it, but even just some imagery from it and pushes them into into that spectrum. But almost it. the other aspect to it is why. Like the selling point of the Melee has never been it was a out and out race bike, was it? This just doesn't seem on brand with what they were trying to achieve from this frame. No, so it's not. I agree, it's not consistent with what it appears the frame was designed to do. But it does solve the thing that we discussed months ago, where the bike's got no froth, and it's probably good at what it does, but no one really wants to ride it. Well, you've solved it because now it's in the world tour. So, <laughs> I mean. From a marketing point of view, I, I think it's a good good choice to be in there. But, yeah, I, I'm still not sure who's, you know, are Envy paying for them to ride it or do they get desperate and we're just like, who's got frames yeah, we can ride? October. That makes you think it's the who's got frames. Yeah. And this comes back to something Edward said. I know I said I wasn't going to pick through stuff he said, but this was one thing he said. I, it, must have, it was probably just the wording he said, but that um, – how brands operate is they sponsor a world to a team. They give the world to a team, the top of the top products. So the, the pro teams ride the top of the top, the best of the best, and then it sells down. But I mean, the, the world tour guys don't ride the best of the best. I mean, this is an example. I mean, the, the NVMLA is not a cream of the crop world tour bike. It's just not suited for that. So the, the world tour riders don't ride the best of the best. The privateers that are semi-retired ride the best of the best. In his defence, I, I felt that what he was saying, not uh, I'm not going to turn this into that either, <laughs> but I felt what he was saying was that like, from a brand perspective, you that's the look and feel of the best of the best and so the brand is able to then leverage that further down its line as it goes because they've got this hierarchy then of elite performance which is which has the, the professional aspect to it and that trickles down beneath it. It is from a theory point of view. I'm just saying in a reality, mm. and that's perpetuating basically a misnomer that it's in the world tour, it's the best of the best, that the world tour riders don't ride the best bikes in each condition. So if you were doing a hill climb time trial up the Planche de Belfi, mm. you'd be on a rim brake bike, but they don't. So, yeah, just the the wording, I just don't like that. Well, it's world tour, it's the best. It's like, well, it's not. I didn't have much more to add. Overall, I think really good for Envy. I'm excited. I mean, I froth. I'm an Envy frother. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to see it in there. I just don't think it's particularly good for the ride. Iron stem looks so cool. Yeah. I'd definitely get around that, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Very jealous of that. So I can't really leave the house for very long at the moment. So I have crawled back into my hole with my <laughs> towel between my legs and I've dusted off the Wahoo Kicker Core and I'm back on the bloody trainer. How good. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not good. It's really not good. So I've done two sessions, two workouts. I just I just wanted to go over a couple of reality checks for myself. Just to remind myself what indoor training is. Resubscribe to Shane Miller and Yeah. Yeah. yeah fantastic. My algorithm's all changed. Yeah. yeah. It's all done with. So first thing, workout I did yesterday, I just 
I was just, let's just see what, what Zwift is like. Because I haven't been on Zwift for a few years. So I went on, picked one of their zone four thresholdy workouts, selected it, get started. Now, first thing, I forgot how much I hate erg mode. Right? And I ran into a problem. So I'm riding along in erg mode doing my efforts, nine-minute efforts in zone four. But you know when you're in erg mode, you can't really get out of the saddle mm -hmm. because you get out of the saddle, your cadence drops, and then Zwift is shouting at you like, increase the power, increase the power. And then the resistance has to pick up. It's a whole thing. It's so you pretty spiral. much have to say you have to stay seated mm -hmm. pretty much unless you've got a really good trainer. Maybe the, the, the latest trainers and all the smart bikes have better erg mode so you can get up and down without Zwift crapping itself. But the problem is because I'm seated the whole time, I'm like three or four minutes into the <laughs> threshold interval. I'm getting a numb yep. penis. Yep. I, don't laugh. I'm just serious. It's a serious Sorry, matter. Gorgeous. So I'm like three, four minutes into my effort. I'm reaching down and it is like totally numb. Gone. Absolute, yeah, off, off frostbite, gone, numb. So that was the first thing. So I've pretty much had to ditch erg mode because it gives me a numb penis and I just have to self-pace them. Um, erg mode off use the gears as normal. So it was a reminder of erg mode. I just, it, it, I can't get it to work because I'm someone, who, especially on the indoor trainer, I got to be out of the saddle every two or three minutes or that happens. So that was the first thing. Second thing, Zwift have put cadence targets in the workouts. So it wasn't a cadence yeah. specific workout. It was just a threshold workout. So I thought it would just give me the power target. You do it at your self-selected cadence as you normally would, but it's not. So I'm doing my bit at threshold. And it's saying, do 90 RPM. Now, I was at about 90 RPM anyway. It steps up above threshold, do 95 RPM. Oh. And I can't quite understand why it's telling me to do 95 RPM because everyone has a self-selected cadence. What's wrong with being at 80 RPM? So I just found it annoying that I don't know if it was this particular set of workouts that Zwift has or if this is the case for all the Zwift workouts now, but they seem to just be putting in random cadence targets for no reason. So this is basically a shout. If you're doing a Zwift workout and it's not a cadence-specific workout, like low-cadence efforts or high-cadence efforts, just disregard the cadence target because there's no, why do I need to be at 95 RPM? It and what happens when you're not? When you're missing the target. Okay, so this is the problem. Okay, the first thing is it fl it's flashing on the screen and it doesn't like it. And secondly, I can't, I'm not sure if it interacts with erg mode because if you're, yes. if it wants you to be at 300 watts at 90 RPM and you're just sitting at 95, or if you're J Vine, you're just doing it 110, is it going to be constantly backing off the resistance? Oh, sorry, is it going to be constantly increasing, increasing the resistance to try and get your cadence down? I haven't really been keeping up to date with erg mode. I wouldn't be surprised if there were uh, updates on Zwift and that, that was getting you to do that with a resistance, which would be annoying because um, you're going to miss your power targets for the workout. So that was something else I noticed. I just, there is, from a coaching point of view, there is no reason to add cadence targets to a threshold workout. Does, is the fact that we don't like indoor training, like, are we soft? No. No? No. No. We're not? Okay, well, flip it the other way. Are people who do indoor training and are good at it, are they harder? Because, okay, oh, I, I think certain, they are. a certain breed. Yeah. So, yeah. And this, is, this comes back to, you know that thing a while ago I said where I turn up to master's races and I'm fully intimidated by them all? Because half of them are all Zwifters, right? They've, you log on to their, their Strava, it's just Swift, Swift, Swift. They're all Shane Miller. Basically, they're like, different body versions of Shane Miller. And like I look at these guys and I reckon I reckon there must be something, not necessarily physio physiolo physiologically, but just mentally because I hate it so much. <laughs> and these guys are not only willing to do it, but seem to enjoy it and punish themselves doing it. Like that has to be a mental edge on me who won't go out in the like cloudy wind. I don't know. I just, I just keep, I keep thinking, yeah. am I leaving, I, am I leaving gains on the table because I'm not, I don't have I that I don't think switch. you are because I consider myself to be a very tough racer when I want to be. And I am an absolute wuss on the indoor trainer. It, it is the hardest 
the hardest sessions are, are the indoor ones. But it's just amazing, like how how much of a difference just distraction makes, and that's the difference between indoor and outdoor training. Like when you're you're going up bobbin head, and you're doing an eight minute effort, so many things to think about. You might think about your pedal stroke, and oh, when I round this corner, I'm going to get out of the saddle. Oh, there's a tree. I'm going to do 300 watts to the tree. Oh, there's someone there. And you're just doing all these little micro mental little transactions that just skip the time over. On the trainer, you really don't have any of those. All you're thinking about is how hard the effort is. And it's, it's, it's really amazing how, how well distraction works. Um, Zwift, if I had to like put a percentage on it, going from indoor trainer staring at a wall to Zwift, is sort of 30% better compared to indoor trainer staring at a wall to being in Centennial Park doing an effort, which would be 100. It's like a third better, but this that 60% is still <laughs> it's still a lot. Yes, so yeah. painful realisations for me, yes. Did you see Strava have added direct messaging? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Did we suggest this? <laughs> I mean, we've said a lot of things over the last year. I wouldn't be surprised if we'd... I was going back through... I was trying to find the episode <laughs> where I was talking about Strava and we were disappointed because it wasn't the community thing. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I couldn't find us actually saying messaging would be good, but we did say something along the lines of it's difficult to communicate with the other people in your Strava bubble. So potentially we have caused this problem. And I think this could be a case of be careful what you wish for. Because I'm not sure I really want this. Oh, okay. You, you're happy you're on board? Well, I just think anyone's going to use it. I honestly can't see anyone using it. So where I feel there's a – okay, what I didn't like the idea of is I think a, what a lot of people do is they – so the an event might have a Strava page and so then – once you go and you follow that event, so that group or that that club, that then you'll be able to be bombarded with all kinds of stuff from said event telling you that there's 15% off their great sponsorship, et cetera, et cetera. I think you're right. I think random messaging, I don't know, sliding into someone's Strava DMs are probably not quite on the market at this stage. It's just it's they're always so half-baked. So firstly... You can't attach, you can't send images. So it's text only. You can send um, routes. You can send routes. Mm. That was cool. That mm. was actually really well implemented. You just press the button, it loads up all your saved routes, you can send them. But why wouldn't There's you no... just text the route? Like, yeah, anyway. Yeah, you could just messenger it. You can't send images. It's not on the web version. I don't really use the Strava app, I just use the website. So they don't have it on the website. So again, it's just this sort of. Strava just tend to half bake. Like they did, they implemented videos, but it's like 720p max quality. What's a circumstance where this makes sense? I can't think of who, what, what am I going to message like Wout Van Art and be like, nice work at CX World Cup. Like, what? This is going to be important for you because this is an engagement. And if you're going to push towards a Strava verified athlete, is yeah. that the term? Yeah. I mean, this is your, this, you're going to have to. Well, I haven't heard back. Okay. It's gone off. I submitted a Google form and it's. Got it's got stuck off. in the cloud, I think. Maybe it should. mustn't have gone through. They, DM them. They mustn't have. Strava DM them. Something going on. Many, yeah, Strava DMs. Ah. Can you think of a situation where you'd use it? No, I really can't. And I'm trying to think, like, because when we were talking about Strava and that they haven't lent enough into the community side of it, and I'm trying to think what I actually meant by that, and I still think it comes back to their home feed. I just, I just the way that feed is presented to you reminds me of how Facebook went wrong with its news feed. Just, I, I don't seem to get, I, I want a much, a much neater version of, of that feed when I first open it up. Um, whether that's not the actual full uh, map of everyone's ride and I have to click into that or something like that. I want more the social aspect for me, I want the social community aspect of Strava when I log into it mm. rather than the root functionality of it. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. Yes. Move it, get it away from commute 
and more towards you know, Instagram. Basically, yeah. Yeah. All right, it's been a while since we had a little YouTube discussion, Jesse. You've been, you've been locked inside for a little bit, so mm-hmm. hopefully you've, you've been watching a little bit of cycling YouTube. Anything catch your eye or do you want me to – you're going to start. have to really okay, take right. the lead here. So the first thing that the first thing that intrigued me, and this this isn't a criticism, it's just we're just chatting about it, is uh, Mitch Boyer's channel, and specifically he released a video about two weeks ago, nine days ago, steepest race in the U.S. And this is this absolutely exploded. It's had about half a million views, and yeah, that's that's a proper blowing up video, mm-hmm. which okay fascinates me because like the whole steep street thing is a total <laughs> meme to me. Like, I just think that's like, what? Like who? It's like the kind of joke stuff. Maybe a Mr. Beast did it like 10 years ago or something, but obviously I'm completely wrong and everyone's really interested in it though. It, it is, it is sort of fascinating to see it because when when something in cycling gets that number of views, it's clearly gone outside of cycling. Like it's it's gone beyond it. And you can see it in the comments when you start seeing people go, "Oh yeah, I could ride up that in my Ducati XBD or whatever." Oh, try running up it. It's like okay, we're in total other niches now. Um, but the other thing on this, so I didn't. I'd seen a little bit of his stuff through through Cam because I know he was with the RCA stuff. Um, but it's kind of fascinating looking looking at his channel. Like he's got a niche here. Like you go back and I think he's got another video where he was riding up another steep street in New Zealand and it's got half a million views. And there's a one where he's going up one in San Francisco and it's had like three quarters of a million views. You're like, holy hell. But then he tries to do a video, a normal sort of cycling video. Are tubeless tires worth it? 10,000 views. Oh, no. So it's like, Okay. <laughs> So poor old Mitch is going to have to be finding some some hella gradients to to keep things trucking along, but it is interesting though. It's like again, I'm totally out of the loop when it comes to this sort of stuff. But um, yeah, he's making that work. The old steep street. I mean, fair. That's a lot of for cycling YouTube to, you, to crack half a mil is um that's pretty amazing, isn't it? <laughs> have you watched the video? No. <laughs> Well, I, why would I? Why would I watch a well, guy riding fast, up a hill? It, I, I just what it kind of fascinated me from the algorithm perspective because I I it I couldn't get it out of my home feed. <laughs> I didn't want to watch it. I was like, I steep streets is as I said, it's like a meme thing to me. I I do my full. I refuse to watch you. Nothing against you, Mitch, lovely bloke, but I am not watching this video purely out of the fact that it's a steep street thing. And the bloody algorithm was just like, you will watch this, Miller, no matter what. And the algorithm won in the end. I was like, okay. But it's fascinating how how that works, like how a video gets gets that sort of that sort of run on. The only other thing I have seen a little bit of is base season season, Jesse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what you got to do? Foundations. You got to get you. See, it's a pyramid. It's a py- <laughs> and we're down here. You got to document it. You got to roll out the door and be like, ah, it's been a good year. But I just, you got to start the first one. And it's got to be, oh, I took a couple of weeks off. Just had to clear the mind, clear the head, clear the brain. And I'm just out on this lovely country lane and I'm doing a, doing a ride here. I'm just going to take it easy. Not, not, not even looking at power today. And then that'll maybe sort of continue for a couple of days. And then we'll do a 20 minute test a few days after that. And then we'll get some numbers. And then the numbers will happen and we, we might not be that happy with it, but, but there'll be footage of us snotting all over the place, going up the hill and then eventually talking to us. And we might do a piece of the camera at the end going, you know, you know, this is what we're going to try and work at next year, et cetera, et cetera. I find it fascinating. Okay, yes, I'm taking the piss out of this. And I must admit, <laughs> I have done a million of these You've videos. Done. Yep. Oh, I've done them. Funny looking at this stuff now, wh- why did I think anyone gave a shit about my random base training? Uh, it's, is it entertaining? Do you, do you watch it? Are, is it part of? Is it the series aspect that you think gets people in? You're like, okay, I'm going to start watching Jeff now, and then you know, in three months' time, he's going to be flying, and I'm so fascinated to see. Yeah, it. I see. I've never been able to get my head around this because it should be good, entertaining content. Like in either 
in other sports, this kind of training related stuff does well. For whatever reason in cycling, it doesn't. I think this is going to maybe sound bad, but cyclists just aren't good looking enough. Don't have attractive bodies generally, which is half the reason why if you're watching uh, starting my six-week cutting phase in the gym, it's because it's some bloke in the gym with his shirt off and it's just people want to watch it. Yep. So it just – but in cycling, you're just watching some – dude sweating running zone two. It just doesn't, you know, all the things sort of you'd think it'd work, and it, but it doesn't hit. Mm. Um, so, but it's, I mean, it's interesting, inspiring. People want to follow along. People are doing the same thing. They want to see other people doing what they're doing. Should work, but it doesn't really do it. No, it's all a bit, it's all a bit. Is, 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 um, is bike racing without mercy? Has oh, he's he back. done one? Yeah, no, he, no, he's been, um, he gave us a shout out actually. I did. One of, his, oh, cool. one of his videos. No, he's been putting out some stuff because he he did. Uh, I think he did an Ort route. Oh, he um, did too. Yeah. So he doesn't really do have seasons, does he? No, he just sort just, of. He's just freaking training, mate, all year round. Just Riding does. Hills. It's all epic rides. See, that's you know that's arguably more more entertaining. It is. At least oh, you're seeing stop. something interesting. Hundred percent. Not just oh, I did it. Don't get me wrong. I've done these videos. The base, the whole. Oh, I'm going to show you about my training. Blah blah. I've done them. They're really boring. They're really boring. And what's worse is they never get fully followed through because what ends up happening a lot of the time with any of these sort of, and they're kind of semi-pro cyclists, Mm. is you start to then get into the season and your stuff drops off because you're not, you're training, you're racing, and the last thing you're going to be doing is, so someone might take the, the camera out on a recovery ride but you're not actually taking it into the race, so you're not sort of really progressing it, the story along. So there's no conclusion to this this big epic that you've built because it's easy to film this shit right now. Mm. It's not easy to film the stuff. Ask Tyler. It's not easy to bloody film the races and the hard sessions and make that make that cool. But it works in triathlon. The training content in triathlon, maybe because Lionel Hot Sanders no. looks, is good looking. No. He's got a six-pack, mm. biceps. Delts. Maybe that maybe that's why people watch like no one is doing there's no Lionel Sanders in road cycling doing training content like that. And his videos are objectively boring. It's just him on his trainer slopping about for twenty minutes with a monologue. It's the good it's good looking and you gotta be good as well. <laughs> that's the two things. See, that's the hard part. The good looking you could maybe fluke. Like, the good bit that is more difficult. And then when it, and then when you get both, you get, um, what's her name? Who won the, who won Kona? Lucy Charles. Yeah. Barkley. And I watched, I watched most of. <laughs> he's done it. He's how he's indoor training in. helped me to win Iron Man. Yep. Just oh, there, there it is. There ten, it is. Ten minutes and thirty six seconds of Swift. Of it. So you know, read what you will into that. <laughs> no comments. Hopefully Elizabeth doesn't watch this far into the video. <laughs> no, but it's it's it's, it's true training. Though. But it's training. It's content. training content. She's good looking and she's good. You That's know, it. if if Vanderpol had a channel, he's good looking and he's good. Yeah, but we'd watch it, it. No, but it doesn't because Remco's done it. Mm. Remco, that, that, that's that blows up. It, okay, that is that is it fair. totally blew up. Yeah, I oh, know. Does he's oh yeah, he's cracking. Oh, okay, so Rem yeah no, so it does work. Is Remco good looking? Or is he just good? He's, mm. yeah, he's not bad looking, is he? Oh, I think if you put him and yeah. Lionel Sanders together, yeah. he'd kind of yeah. go, meh. Yeah. Lionel's got the bod. Mm. If you could pick anyone and give them a film crew and just film their season and all their training, who, who would you pick? Who would you want to see? Who should be doing no, it? No, no, don't get me wrong. Okay, so I don't want to actually see the pros. That's not, that's not it. Okay. It's... Okay, they need to be good. They need to be good looking, and they have to have personality. And that's the other problem with cyclists. <laughs> they need to be good looking. <laughs> they don't have personality. Cyclists, we don't because we tend to hold heaps of stuff back because we're so afraid of the people we're racing and all that kind of stuff. So there's there's all that sort of element. And I know he doesn't. I actually did a before we had Tyler on the other week. I went had a look at some of his stuff from before. It's entertaining as hell because he's an idiot. 
Like when he so, when he does his training stuff, it's like it's so raw, and he's funny. It's kind of awkwardly raw, half of it. His was good. So that's a, I forgot about that series he did where he was doing the train like a pro thing. Where mm. He was riding every day. They were really good, and it was also because it was so extreme. It was this hot mess because he was also trying to look like he was trying to work. Yeah, and he looks like he was sleeping about three hours a night. So you you were kind of watching it. For, just for the just absolute, for the thrill. He just like what's and he's fasting yeah. and and it was all but he was doing all this training and it was just that's probably uh, I forgot about that series actually. Um, he's probably not going to do it anymore because no, it was a bit. It's not going to do it. Very healthy, you. But and then because then he was on top of that, he's then trying to edit the videos uh, as well. So that's probably a yeah good example. Okay, who who would I like to see? Mm-hmm. Trekkie. Personality might be an issue. No offense to Trekkie, but he's quite quite spoken reserved. Guy, reserved guy. Good looking bloke, really good. Now, lives in a part of the world which could could look good on camera. Yeah. I reckon he could get like a Grand Prix film crew down there. Like he's got sponsors. Get them to follow him along like like a um Zwift like Academy. a Zwift Academy type thing. Yeah. I reckon that could go pretty well. He's down to earth character, he's you know, kids' life. I reckon that's a whole interesting story. Um yeah, I'd I'd be I'd get into that. Financially, why wouldn't he do that? Like what so how would that work in practice? Let's say he didn't it wasn't a lifetime Grand Prix or giant bikes doing that for him. Let's say he just went, okay, I'm gonna start a YouTube channel. I'm gonna pay a person or a production small team to follow me around. That's the problem. Do you reckon that's, he'd that's be able gonna, to monetize it to no, a level where, where no. it would be No, if you're if you're paying for, for I mean, if you're paying a film crew, no. Giant Bicycles did this with Trekkie. So five months ago, Ultra Privateers Chapter 2 Trekkie. They did a 12-minute video, basically a vlog, a vlog on him training, racing, his goals, and that sort of thing as, as a one-off. Um, unfortunately, it just hasn't done that well. It's on 5K views, um, which is actually, you know what, for, for a, brand, a, a brand's video, that's actually, not too, that's actually not too bad, 5K views, realistically. Um, so they've done it as a one-off. It's following him at Seattle Classic. I do find though they're just overproduced. So they've got him sitting down. You've got to have that shot. You got to have that shot where uh, they 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 film them sitting down at the seat, and it's like it's before the actual camera starts rolling, and then like some guy goes, you know, are we are we on? And then they'll go, oh oh. There'll be that sort of awkward little moment at the beginning to to make them feel more human at the beginning. Anyway, sorry, go on. It's one of the, it, it yeah. is one of those, one hundred percent. So they've got some footage of him at home. They've got heaps of footage from in the race. These would have been a relatively expensive video for Giant to produce. So I mean, personally, what I think would be cool: follow like half the production value, and then just do it more follow up, so we could kind of follow him. I'm interested to do and and more training related stuff. Show him at home in Canberra doing his. Six-hour rides and that sort of thing. For, for these sort of vloggy things to work, they've got to be super consistent so you actually – because it's not like one video is going to blow up. It's it's the series that buys you in. You're like, oh, Friday, oh, can't wait to see how Trekkie's training went or something. Like that's that's what you're sort of buying into rather than – and that's the whole point of the, the freaking video diary, you know, not a – six monthly update on how things went. Don't you find it strange that Giant don't do that? I find it strange no one does this stuff. Like full stop. Like but the average per- like the average person that's not sponsored is probably not going to outlay the cash for someone else to do it and it's too time consuming to do it yourself. But as a brand who sponsors top level gravel rider, you're already putting cash in to sponsor them. Put in a bit more and get 10x back from the videos. I, it, like you're not really getting that much out of him if you're not. It's like you really want me to go on a bicycle marketing rant, but I'm not taking your. I'm not going to take you up this week. No, there's one coming. I promise. Before Christmas, there's a full lay it all on the table. I just can't quite understand. I mean, unless I just can't see why they would. I, I, unless it's just. I don't. Maybe laziness isn't the right word, but just yes, it is. Status quo. No, just I can't said be bothered. The word. Yeah. Like really putting that extra effort in to get more value out of the people we're sponsoring. 
the people that run this marketing stuff, Jesse, the people that they, they don't want to be risky. They want to stay in the absolute safety bubble that they've had for the last 50 years, 40 years, which is we will give a couple of athletes money to spon- we'll sponsor them. They'll go do races. They'll go win races. And that's how we will therefore leverage that sponsorship. And that goes up to a professional level of cyclists. So same model. You, you stick to this model, Jesse. If you don't go outside that model, your, your own role, your own position in the company is safe. Your only selection is the selection of the team. Well, you probably don't even get to select the team. That's probably given to you by someone else. So the actual uh, success of it is based on the performance of the athlete rather than you as a marketing person. So your position in that company is safe. You do something, you do something outside that bubble, outside the, the norm, make some videos, put some money towards that, put it on this thing called YouTube. Okay, it gets 5K views, it gets 50K views, it gets 500K views. Does that really matter to your bosses who are more old school than you are? Probably not. And and if your if your sales go up at the end, we've seen this a million times. If your sales go up at the end of the month or the end of the year, are they going to come back to you and say, "Geez, you did a really good job job on that Trekkie video that got half a million views"? Of course they're not. They're going to completely ignore that and think, "Oh, it was some stupid shitty engagement we did." with a corporate sponsor 12 months ago. That was the actual reason. Or the, or the ad that we put in a magazine that 500 people looked at. Anyway, I'm still not going to take your bait okay, on going uh, no, for a you rant. Did, you, you went, I, okay, you, you have explained it. You have explained it because I can never really get my head around Like in the fitness industry, a supplement company, we're just, they're just, oh God, people that actually run a marketing from a successful online brand must just look at this stuff and just like, what are you doing? Like is, um, is Gymshark going to sponsor just a strong bloke? Cause he wins a power. <laughs> like, no, what? it doesn't do anything, but they'll sponsor some 16 year old. Cause you'll, you get a hundred K views every video. Cause it, like, it's just, it seems so basic. I, I don't, I, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, credit to giant. Because the bar is so incredibly low. They've done one video. so that, And it was a good 12 and a half minute video. I watched it. it was, so they're kind of already ahead because they've, they've done one video. But it's a marketing, it's a tax write-off anyway. Just hire a one-man band to, 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 do, to make the videos. Like, what does that even cost? I don't know. I haven't, you know, I, I don't know how much it would cost, but you would get your money back even with... Even if the videos weren't that successful, even if it gets, even if they're getting 5K. So you mentioned on the chat with Dylan, Jeff, and Tyler, you want to see me back on a rim brake bike. On the, um, on the Bianchi Specialisma. No. Oh. I take that back. Oh. Okay. I want to see you back on a rim brake bike just for comparison's sake, because you haven't been on for a couple of years. But I, you'd have to find one that takes a nice wide 28, which is kind of a funny thing to say because 28 should mean 28. A nice blown out 28 coming up nearly 30 because the direct mount calipers should tolerate that. I'm just not sure what frames also have clearance for that. Um, so if that's possible, I would li- I would think that would be interesting for you to do. Because I, I have got the specialism. Got Do you remember what width? No, that's it's not, not going to fit twenty eights. It's not no. direct. It's, yeah, you can, you'll put twenty fives back on, and you'll just you'll hate it. You'll just go, "This is trash." So that would just be pointless. Yeah. Okay. Because the, the the reason I actually brought it up was I was going to start looking for for group sets and things, and I was already having a bit of difficulty around it. Oh. Okay. Um, which I am surprised, but also not surprised at. I mean, the second-hand market, yes, there's there's not too many dangers in that. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I don't want to write that. <laughs> no, but you take the group set off. That's the Wii group doesn't set. Doesn't work. Doesn't okay. work. Doesn't really work. Okay. Um, Hang on up. Well, when I changed to a disc bike, 
You can scavenge my rim group set. Yeah, I, look, I, I definitely in twenty twenty four, I am going to ride a rim brake bike for a period. <laughs> definitely, I, I, I want the option for the people for YouTube. Yeah, Loud. for YouTube. Yeah. Good. All right, Jesse. Good to have you back. Nice to be back. We will. We definitely will. Uh, get Edwin in for a bit of a three way chat. Mm, showdown. Fire that up. Absolutely. Uh, we have ambitions of. Cranking out a few extra shows between now and Christmas, but we will see how we go. A couple of guests lined up to uh, tie a bow, I think, on a few subjects that we've brought up this year. This is a fair way to bring it, say it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. So to ensure you don't miss that, subscribe to the channel and do all that stuff. All righty, guys. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you real soon. Thanks, Chris. See you next week. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.